The Husky men's basketball team is 2-0 to start the year, beating a 16th-ranked Baylor team. This is Husky Hardcourt, a men's basketball podcast, brought to you by Sports Illustrated. I'm Jake. And I'm Trevor. We are like Maverick and Goose. Oh, dude. Come on. That's Top Gun. <laughs> I know. I wanted to start this year off. With an easy n- one? Nice and easy. Give you a little bit. Like, you need to start off with a win. I'm bringing your confidence up so that Aww. later... I can break you down. You just have to do one of those stupid '90s uh, action movies you watch, and I'm going to be in trouble. I'm, I, that's next week. So, Jean Claude Van Damme. You better start watching your '90s movies right now. Awesome. Chances, chances are, it's going to come from Bloodsport. So, just know that. <laughs> um, Jake, our very first episode, we have a sponsor. Don't you mean, are you ready for don't, it? Don't you mean Maverick? Maverick. <laughs> Thank you. From Turns now out, on, uh, Jake, is, Jake is about. Ten, uh, about a foot taller than Maverick. <laughs> I don't fit in planes very well. No, you don't. Our very first episode, we have a sponsor. You want to hear about him, Jake? I do. All right, we got VintageBrand.com. Vintage Brand is a sports apparel and gift brand celebrating rich history of American sporting culture. This collection includes 10,000 digitally restored authentic vintage works of art reproduced on apparel, wall art, koozies, drinkware, and more. All November long, they're giving away daily $100 promo codes for new email subscribers. We can relive our favorite vintage UW logos, Husky Stadium and HeckEd moments, and tournament games. The, uh, the promo code is Husky19 to get 20% off on all products through the end of the year. What's your favorite vintage UW logo? It's got to be the 83 Husky. Um, I love the, the W with the Husky coming out of it. I do too. What's your favorite HeckEd moment? Um, when Washington beat then number one ranked Stanford at Heckhead. What about the time Isaiah? Oh, that wasn't at Heckhead. Yeah, that was at the Stable Center. Yeah, it was. That was also a favorite moment. Just so you that, know, that was a yeah, that was a phenomenal play. That was so yep. much fun to watch. And you know what? I do have a favorite um, tournament play. Uh, it, and it's it's really obscure. John Brockman went up for a defensive rebound. He grabbed it and somehow his legs came out from underneath him and he fell straight onto his shoulder and he like bounced once and there was a little bit of an earthquake and most guys stay down. John Brockman pops up and runs down to go play offense on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of the court. I've literally never Ever in my life, I've played against a lot of really good, talented basketball players. Probably more talented than John Brockman. I've never played somebody so physical as him, though. I, I, I'm a large guy. You know, I'm stout. I don't, I don't get pushed around a lot. This dude absolutely manhandled me. I bet you he left a dent in that floor. It was crazy. And I just remember my dad saying, like, most basketball players don't get up from that. I was yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, dude's dude's a beast, man. Yeah. Let's talk basketball. Let's do it. We've never done this together before. This is a new one for us. We've actually both been basketball coaches at different times in our lives. Uh, so we know the game. Jake, you played at a much higher level than I did. I also um, dunked on you. You didn't dunk on me. <laughs> I dunked I'm so on you. Sick. I'm so sick of having to defend myself on this. Yeah, one. well, why didn't you defend the rim when I dunked on you? 
I number one, I can't. So Jake and I, okay, I'm not gonna get into this story. No, go I will give you our backstory a little bit. No, I'm not gonna tell the story. You didn't. You dunked, and I was in the vicinity, but I was not guarding you. <laughs> you tried to block a layup, and I kept rising and dunked no. on you. No, you didn't. Anyhow, we're not gonna get into that. So go um, ahead and tell the backstory then. There, that's that's it. That's all I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about our uh, what we've done um, in basketball. Jake, of course, you were. Uh, you were a, a, a star at uh, Bothell High School. You were first team all Kinko back in 2005. Not first team and, honorable mention, my friend. Oh, you were honorable mention Kinko, yeah, first, which yeah. at the at the time, that's if you're looking at the players that were in Kinko at the time, Jake yeah. was rubbing elbows with Husky uh, Husky players and players that went on to play in the NBA. Lots of them. Yeah. Me, on the other hand. I went to a small school in Washington. I ended up a little bit later in life playing at a little school called Multnomah University where we lead the league every year in shooting threes. And my 5'8 body fit that system decent enough where I just <laughs> let it rip. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, we both have had successes on the basketball court. We both have had successes coaching basketball. And now hopefully we have successes running a podcast about basketball. So let's get into it, huh? Let's do it. Washington comes off of a big-time victory against Baylor, 16th rank. They lead the entire game pretty much by 10. UW yeah. makes a late run and kind of stuns the world. I know I was out with my wife and some friends, and we were bowling, and they had it on big screens right in front of us. And I'm sitting there watching, and we're all bowling, and we're drinking, and we're having fun. And all of a sudden, bowling stops. And I'm watching it with three people that have zero interest in basketball. And it was such a good end of the game that all four of us are sitting there glued to the TVs in front of us watching the end of this game. It got to the point where people were like, are you guys bowling or like, what's up? And I was like, go away. I'm watching the (laughs) game. Don't bother me right now. The fact that this team, three freshman starters – And the young talent that they have are so resilient against a senior-laden team in Baylor that has experience in the tournament, that they are so resilient that they come back late in the second half and snag a victory out of the jaws of defeat was absolutely a testament to how mature these young kids are that hop has brought into this program what a cool game first off it was it was a tribute to the armed forces it was up on a base up in alaska uh there was a lot of husky fans there which i thought was really really cool but you're absolutely right in your take that it was a lot of young guys right you have isaiah stewart making his debut you have Jaden mcdaniels making his debut and you have former five-star quad a green making his washington debut against the number 16 team in the nation, a big offensive rebounding team that moves the ball well, that looks like upperclassmen. And they just seem to, whenever Washington would go on a run, they would go on theirs to get it back to that 8-10 to point cushion. And Washington with these young guys really looked like they were pressing. Um, I was with a friend watching the game and, what I said was Washington's going to lose this game, but I'm so encouraged from the, the, the bits of talent that I see 
that under coach Hopkins, these guys are going to gel and their offense is going to get better. Now, what really happened in that game is the offense did get better. Jaden McDaniels became part of the flow. They worked really hard to get Isaiah Stewart, the ball in good positions, but really what happened is Washington started getting out on Baylor's shooters and that changed the trajectory of the game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, what I thought was really impressive was at the end of the game when Washington, I believe they were still, uh, down Baylor calls a timeout they draw up a play for zone defense yes and it just shows the maturity of coach hop that he's in his third season and the dude already has it figured out he sends our defense out there with a bunch of freshmen out in man coverage yeah or yep in, in man defense and Washington and was absolute- up to at this point and okay, and and Baylor was looking to tie or take the lead, and Baylor was absolutely stifled by Washington come out and, and man defense. Oh yeah, they looked really confused. I thought that was a great move by Hopkins, and they had mentioned it earlier. The the guys on the on the on the um on the telecast that they said that Hopkins uses man-to-man defense like a breaking ball so every once in a while just to mix up the looks to keep that in the back of the offense's head that they have the ability and will at points go into man-to-man defense but if i'm a coach and i'm playing against a disciple of um jim Beheim, i know that they're going to come out in what works for them and what they've done the most and that's the two three zone and to throw a man at him and to have it look as good as it did with those guys on the court, with the length that they have, Baylor didn't have a shot. Yeah, and this and, and you hit it right on the head, too. This team is so lengthy as far as the length of uh, – this team is so lengthy that it, it disrupts literally everything. It's, that length is perfect for the 2-3 zone because they have length up top with McDaniels and quad is only six foot but they i know but he's still got really long okay arms. have did you watch him play i did um D- dude's got i mean he's got extremely long limbs um but it the the fascinating part about that is is it's almost even better in man just because of the ability to to stick on your man and have a hand up in his face at all times whenever they decide to go up for a shot. You know, I really like the construction of this roster, and you can really see how it's made in Hopkins' image because they are really, really long. Jaden McDaniels looks like a young Kevin Durant. He's six foot nine. He's long. He can play defense. He got some steals. Um, he ended up with one steal on the night, but he was stopping guys. Hamir Wright is an extremely tough minded rebounder defensive player that can hit an open three uh and then of course coming off the bench i thought the real turning point of the game is when jamal bay came in the game in that second half the defense absolutely clamped down on baylor and it was because bay was up on the top a lot bigger of a body than quade green and that's that uh ignited the defense that being said quade green he had nine assists in this game when he had the ball, there were points where he was forcing the ball. He was only one for seven. But the floor general, the nine assists, 
are what we're looking for with this guy. And I think that just the way that they're able to bring, especially Bay into this game is going to be huge for Washington going forward as they need to go deeper into their bench. Quade Green kind of reminds me of a young Abdul Gaddy before he gets hurt and before he loses all of his confidence later in his career, that he's such a floor general and has the ability to find the open man every time he touches the ball. He doesn't, he does, it, he's a true point guard in the fact that he doesn't always look for a shot first and he's not bringing the ball up with the intent to drive immediately to the basket. His intent is to get the offense started is to make the passes that are required of him. And then when he has the ability to break down the defense, to not to, to take the shot if it's available, but to kick it if the defense collapses on him. And I think that's going to be really good for this offense because of the character that's on it with Isaiah Stewart and McDaniel and uh, Nas Carter. All three of those guys are always looking for a shot. So if you have defenses collapsing on green, then he will always find the guy that's readily available to take a shot immediately. And Nas Carter, he's really that that steady guy that's just absolutely every once in a while reminds you that he's a freak athlete. Um, but, you know, leading the team with thir- 23 points, he was the one that kept Washington going. And then when they made that run, it was really on the backs of some amazing uh, plays by Jaden uh, McDaniels. And then, of course, Isaiah Stewart at the end of the game, uh, getting the ball and being able to make that nice little jump hook for the lead. Um, This team in that second half showed you what they can look like down the road. And it's a team that could, could play with any team in the nation. Yeah. But with that being said, just tonight followed our game up with the Baylor win with a, mediocre performance against Mount St. Mary's where we only win by 10. And as good as he looked at the end of the game against Baylor, I'm going to go full John Madden here and say, we equally now look as mediocre as we did today, as we looked as good as we did against Baylor at the end of the game. And we needed to score more points to win the game against a team that's also trying to score points. <laughs> that's vintage Madden. Was, I mean, I, I was that a, was that a good John Madden? It was a good John Madden. Um, you know, with a young team, with a team that is in their second game, you're, you're going to see regression and progression right now. All we're trying to do with this Washington, this young Washington team is project where we see them going. Um, and I guess we can just thank our lucky stars that we weren't playing Evansville tonight. Wow. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> yeah. Does that make us the new number one? <laughs> Pr- pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it couldn't have happened to a better guy in Coach Calipari. Right. I was thinking about that earlier. Remember the time that him and the Temple coach got into that heated argument? Uh-huh. The Temple coach stormed in on Calipari. I think he was at UMass coaching Marcus Camby. Uh-huh. And the the uh, temple coach came running in and was like, "I'm going to kill you." Jeez, Call, you remember that? I, I mean, I, I remember it. I don't remember much of the 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 backstory about it, but you got to love college basketball. Oh yeah, it's killer. Calipari. I feel like a lot of people have done that to Calipari. He's probably burned a lot of people in his way to the Kentucky. Oh, he absolutely has. And I know that um, uh, who was the guy that threw his chair all over the place? Uh, 
Bobby Knight's not a big fan of his. My either. man, Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight. Man, I love Bobby. I love Bobby Knight. Yeah. Too, man. Um. So yeah. So this Mount Saint Mary's game, man. It it just seemed like Washington slept walked through three quarters of it. Uh, they did just enough to win. I don't know how much you can take from this. Um, just because it's a team that Washington knew they were going to beat, they beat them. They didn't look good, but uh, more talented. more like a a trap game than anything else. Which Kentucky fell fell victim to earlier today, right? And and we did not. And good on our guys for not falling victim to that. But you come off of a high emotional roller coaster, uh, emotional roller coaster win. You always see the letdown after those, right? Yeah. You have this big time win where you are up and down, and then you make a great comeback to win the game, and then you come out the next game and you absolutely drop one that you shouldn't have because you're still running high off of that last victory and you think that the team that you're playing is just going to hand it to you. And then they, you know, they're, they kind of hand it to you. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to put it. I mean, defensively holding the Mountaineers to 46 points uh, is good. Um, this, this defense is going to keep them in games, especially against a team that doesn't have the offensive firepower that some of the teams in the PAC 12 have. Um, 56 points isn't enough for this Washington offense. Jaden McDaniels wasn't the, uh, he was two for nine. He only had the five points. Isaiah Stewart, get used to his name, man, the way, and you got to appreciate this more than anybody as a big man. This guy knows how to get position really quickly. And the thing was, he was a freshman doing it against upperclassmen against, um, Baylor and again, he goes out in a really efficient seven for ten for six sixteen points. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I really like the way that this kid plays basketball. He's big, he's physical. He's not the tallest guy out there, but he's stronger than everybody out there. And he has he hustles everywhere he goes. Yes, he hustles on defense. He hustles on offense. He, I watched him tonight. He got a block. And was the first one down the court to the offensive side. He didn't get the pass to him, but the fact that he got the block and didn't sit there and celebrate and hustled all the way to the other end of the court and was the first one down there, that's impressive. Right. And I like I like his he's a high energy, high motor guy, and I really like that in basketball guys, especially big men. Now, the thing about this defense is they are such because of their length. They're going to be such good shot blockers. Yeah, they, they mentioned it on. They kind of stole my. They I had a thought, and then the guys on the TV kind of stole my thought. This team will lead the Pac-12 in in shots blocked, and they will be in the top probably twenty twenty five of the nation as far as shots blocked. But I'm really hoping that doesn't end up biting them in the butt later as the season progresses in a high stakes game where maybe it's the Pac-12 tournament and you get some foul happy refs that call a lot of fouls because shot blocking can turn into a foul prone defense. It can. And it also, if you get guys that fall in love, so like, you know, I'm a, I'm a five, nine guard. So I never worried about blocking shots. That's why I didn't get dunked on. I would always go out and (laughs) I would, I, I would close out. Right. Close out on a shooter, put your hand up. Don't let him go around you, stuff like that. But Jake, on the other hand, you were an undersized big man. And it's not that you didn't block shots, but the thing about blocking shots at this level 
is making sure you don't leave the floor. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you can't fall for pump fakes. So shot blocking can be your best friend and it can be your worst enemy. Right. You know, it. I've had times where I have I've left my feet and I've had a great block. And then I've had my times where I left my feet and the guy pump faked me and I got pulled because I left my feet for like the fifth time in a row. Like, dude, you're not a shot blocker. Now, most of these kids are shot blockers on this team. And they are. And they are big and tall. I just – the thing that makes me nervous about shot blockers is getting out of position for those defensive rebounds. What what you're not going to see from this team, which I think is also a huge game changer, is charges. They're going to try to block the ball every time that somebody's driving. And you're not going to see Quincy Pondexters of the world standing in the middle of the lane taking a charge. I love that guy. I, I do too. Um, but and, and that's such a big momentum swing, taking a charge, because you don't only get the ball back, but you put a personal foul on the guy that just had the ball. And you're taking points off of the board if they made the basket. So I think the one guy uh, on but, this team that, that, takes, uh, that takes charges really well uh, a Hamir Wright. I think that guy's just so yeah. freaking tough. Yeah, I agree. I think that guy is the intangibles. Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he's like uh, he's a big man that kind of reminds me of what Vanilla Overton was his junior year, where yeah. he's he's under if he's under control on the offensive side, he's such a weapon on the defensive side. Where instead of Vanoy Overton locking down a guard or getting a bunch of steals. Hamir Wright can go out and get rebounds and um, uh, and really stifle some of the stuff that that even threes do because he's athletic enough to stay with them. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and that's the cool thing about this defense too, is that all five of those positions are interchangeable. I saw it tonight where the, where Quade and Isaiah Stewart switched on a screen, and Stewart didn't get lost. Yeah. The guy tried to drive on him. Stewart moved his feet to stay in front of him. And that's such a good thing to have for a defensive coach like Coach Hop, where you have five guys that can guard all five positions and not give up a basket immediately. That's huge. And, that's, that, and, that, and, and going back to your Benoit Over, Overton point, I can count on one hand the times that Benoit Overton had the ball his junior year that he wasn't out of control. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Every time he touched the ball, it's like pass, pass. <laughs> I've never seen Matisse Thibel will always be the standard when it comes to uh, Washington defenders, but I'll say that Vanoy Overton could defend. Yeah, I might put Vanoy on top. Man, he's a lockdown tough. guy, and and uh, Thibel was more of a let him pass. You kind of tip blocks and get the ball out. But, you know, if you look at stats, alone, a... I mean, obviously uh, I tell you what, if, if I'm playing pickup and I got, I got Vinoy Overton and, and Matisse Thibel, you know who I'm taking. Well, yeah. Matisse Thibel could make a jumper, <laughs> you know, but, and those were also two completely yeah. different I, yep. sets as far as sure. they were different defenses as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was a lockdown. Yeah. Uh, man to man, just yeah, you know. I think Jerome Randall takes it, tried to murder you, him once. You need, yeah. Uh, uh, so did um, yeah, Ryan Appleby. Appleby. Yeah, and uh, Appleby, and yeah. Aaron Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks yep. played against him too. Yeah, he's from uh, there. Yeah, 
Yeah, Franklin. Yeah. Aaron Brooks tried to absolutely kill Ryan Appleby. And Ryan Appleby didn't even play any defense. Ever. He was a shooter, baby. But, <laughs> light it up, man. Let it fly. Ryan Appleby, one time, Ryan, which I thought was kind of weird, Ryan Appleby once judged a dunk, uh, dunk contest that I was in. That's right. And I was like, bro, bro, you can't even touch the rim. Why are you judging my dunks? <laughs> Bring that five up to an eight. Come on, bro. Jake, you dunked with two hands. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> it went in. I went up for that. <laughs> I went up for that windmill and missed oh horribly. Oh up next, we have an interview with a brand new recruit commitment from Jackson Grant. We hope you enjoyed. All right, Husky fans, we've got a really special treat for you. We've got Jackson Grant. From Olympia High School, he's a junior this year, four-star big man, uh, committed to Washington earlier this week. Jackson, why don't you say hi to Husky Nation and kind of introduce yourself. How you doing? I'm uh, Jackson Grant. I play at Olympia High School in class of 2021, and I just committed to UW, let's see, what was it, three days ago now? Three or four days ago. Yeah, three or four days ago. So, so how, how tall are you, my man? Uh, I'm 6'9", according to uh, official height, because we're doing NBA height, I'm 6'9", but we're shooting on a 6'10". How much do you weigh? I weigh 205. 205. So you have a skinny frame, but everything that I've read is you're not afraid to get physical down in the post. What what type of player are you? Uh, I've grown up, I've always been the biggest kid, so my main kind of game, my main growing up, I've always been a post player. Um banging inside and scoring, getting offensive rebounds and stuff, so I'm really good at that. And then recently, this last summer, I got the chance to do a shooting. I've always been a good shooter, but I've never always been kind of pigeonholed inside until last summer for AAU, so I started to kind of stretch the form more and can really shoot it and attack the hole pretty well. You know, that's actually really interesting because a lot of people rag on the AAU game because of, you know, it's not high school ball. These guys aren't together all the time. But mm-hmm. if you were stuck on – uh, some of your high school basketball teams, you would never see 15 feet away from the hoop. And and maybe, can you speak on that a little bit, the uh, experience of playing at AAU and being able to expand your game in that way? Yeah, well, I think AAU for me was really special because kind of like you guys touched on, in high school I've always been the biggest guy, even at 6'9", 6'10", I'm the biggest guy there, so I always kind of get put inside because we have a bunch of other wings and guards that can shoot and attack and not that I couldn't do that just I was better inside than they were so they put me in there but in the AAU season there's a lot of guys that are 6'10 we had a couple on our team and you know, that's not even the biggest guy you face seven footers almost every night so you got to be able to adapt and play outside if you can't if you can't if the inside isn't working you got to be able to adapt and play outside the game's just a lot more dynamic at the AAU level it's a lot faster paced so you don't always have time to set stuff up and bang inside and that's kind of what I love about the AAU and basketball game itself is that that you have to adapt and you have to mm-hmm. you have to on the fly realize what your skill set is against the guys. Yeah, that's really I think that's really where my game grew this season was kind of being able to read my opponent if they're better than me inside defensively to be able to take them outside and if they're smaller than me I can take them inside. All right, so what led you, uh, what what attracted you to the Washington program and what was your reasoning for deciding to commit in your junior year? So Washington's always been the hometown program. My mom actually went there, so I've always grown up a fan even before I started 
getting recruited and everything, I'd always kind of thought when I started getting recruited early by smaller schools like Pepperdine, UCSD, this Washington offered, I would kind of end up there. But once some other schools got interested, Big Ten area and down in California and stuff, I was kind of like, I'll check these out. So I went out some officials at Wisconsin and Stanford. And then when I took my official at UW, I was really able to kind of compare it head-to-head with Wisconsin and Stanford, and I really saw how special of a place it was, um, especially the coaching staff. Their coach, Hopkins, the way he's turned that program around in two years. Last night, I was at the game. He just got his 50th 50th win. He was, like, the fastest coach in, like, 50-something years to get to 50 wins with the program. And he's done that in two years and brought him from a bottom of the Pac-12 team to – back-to-back Pac-12 regular season championships and back-to-back Pac-12 coach of the year and their assistant coaches are really experienced as well. Like Coach Rice, for example, is the head coach at UNLV and uh, Coach Hobby, who's another one of the assistants, is really good, really close with Larry Brown. So they had Larry Brown at practice the other day and then Coach Conroy obviously played in the NBA. So there's just, there's just a lot of experience around that program. That's killer, man. I love, I love that the fact that you know all that history about the program. Before meeting Coach Hobb, what was your impression of him? Um, he'd always, from what I'd seen, he'd always been kind of an energetic guy. He was always, he always had his his jacket off on the sideline, and he was jumping around. And he was with the team, and he always looked really energetic. But then when I met him, it was just to a whole nother level. Like my high school coach was pretty energetic, but once I met Coach Hoff, it was just a whole nother level. He's just super excited all the time and into what he does. And he's always he's really committed to everything he's doing. So if he's at practice, he's committed to practice. If he's talking to me, he's committed to talking to you and he's excited about whatever he does. What what was it about him that sold you on the program? I think what it was about him that sold me on the program was just his really his energy, first off, I really like his energy. It's kinda of contagious and brings everybody up in the program and just the way he's been able to turn that program around without even having his recruits. He came in the year after Romar and didn't even really have his recruits, and he was able to turn that program from a two wins or something in the Pac-12 to winning the Pac-12 that year and just how he was how he could bring that kind of basement team all the way up in one year really speaks a testament to how good of a coach he is at bringing players up and bringing the best out in players. So, so in your opinion, then, when he gets his hands on you, then you know you're going to take this team to that natty, right? That's what that's oh, how yeah. you see it? That's the goal. That's oh, I saw. Obviously oh, the goal. Man. That's always the goal. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, what are the strengths in your game? Uh, I think the strengths in my game are obviously my inside game. That's what I've grown up doing. That's what I've done the longest. Uh, I rebound really well. I'm not afraid to go in there and go up for rebounds aggressively. I play defense. I can defend pretty much any position, three through five, two through five at a stretch. I can guard the one occasionally in a switch situation. Uh, I can also really shoot it. I can stretch the floor really well and shoot really well. So those are probably the strengths of my game. Uh, what are you looking for for Hopkins to uh, develop most about your game? Yeah, I think what I'm looking to develop most about my game through the next couple of years and with under Hopkins is my uh, my dribbling skills with the ball. I've just started to kind of attack the hole more because people have started realizing that I can shoot so they close out harder and I've had to attack the hole more to get my shot off, and I've gotten better at it, but that's probably the weakest point in my game is that. And then just going for rebounds aggressively every time. When I go for them, I can get them, but I just, sometimes I just am lazy and just don't go for it. So I just need to get in that mentality of going for a rebound every time. Elaborating on that, how are you with your back to the basket? Do you have do you have the fundamental skill set to, to be able to score on guys with your back to the basket? Because that's kind of a lost art form now. Yeah, I mean, that's what I – 
like I've said that couple times, that's what I've grown up doing when I was all the way through third grade. I've grown up as a back-to-the-basket guy, you know, the basic moves, the jump hooks, and the drop steps, and I've kind of mastered all those. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say mastered, but I, I can score pretty much in the post against most people if it's a one-on-one situation, so I feel like I'm pretty confident in there. Awesome. How do you feel like you fit in the 2-3 zone? I think I'd fit really well. So we actually play a 2-3 in our high school, my coach is a big UW fan, and we were probably going to play more 2-3 this year. We played some 2-3 last year, and I mostly played the middle. Played pretty well in there, but it's looking like in Hopkins' zone, if, depending on the recruits they're getting, I could play a wing, which is really interesting. I think I could really bring some length to the wing position and close out hard on guys and force some middle, and I think I would be helpful in the good in the 2-3 zone. What about plugging you up top of the 2-3 zone, playing that <laughs> passing You like that? I, I I think I could do that with some work. I've never really I've never really played up top, but I think I could. Get get a steal off get that steal in the fast break dunks. Ooh, I like those. Uh, how old were you when you could dunk? When I first dunked, it, let's see, it was my summer going into eighth grade in a summer game. So that would be thirteen, thirteen or fourteen. You dunked in a game, game. first. Yeah. And I actually have a video of it. It was funny. So after the game, one of the parents of the other team came up to my dad and he's like, I have a video of your son's dunk. So I, I still have that video of my first dunk. And it's on my mom's computer and I watch it every so often. It's just a cool, good memory to have. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's really yeah. cool. Wow. Could you imagine dunking at 13? Jake, you couldn't dunk at 13, could you? I was I was ninth grade. Was You're ninth grade. still young. I'm still young. There's a lot of kids on my team that can't dunk and they're seniors, so. Now you're talking about one that never got that ability. <laughs> I'm only like six five ish, so I could yeah. fly a little bit until the knees went yep. out on me. <laughs> yeah. Uh hey, Jackson, do you play any other sports outside of basketball? Uh growing up I played football and baseball. I was an athletic kid, so I was kinda good at all those sports, but then Last year was my my freshman year was my last year. I played baseball and basketball. I dropped football in eighth grade, and then I played baseball and basketball freshman year, and then sophomore year I just played basketball. So I'm just focused on basketball now. Awesome. So yeah, you you were a well-rounded athlete who's now really specialized. And honestly, man, it sounds like you made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, it's looking like that. Nice. And has basketball always been the first love? Yeah, basketball. I'd say I really I always loved it because I was good at it, but I really fell in love with kind of like the grind and the work part of it this summer playing on the AAU circuit, I think because I realized how good I could be playing in some of the best potential in the nation. So that made me really want to work on my game and get as good as I could possibly be and keep working towards being the best. That's good, man. Hey, we appreciate you doing this. Keep working hard. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to come down and I'm going to watch you one time this year. I expect free tickets. Sounds good. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And when you get to UW, you know what to do. Get under Coach yep. Coolidge and uh, learn from the best, you know? Yep, yep. Looking awesome. forward to it. Go dogs.